0: Welcome to the Books on Air podcast. I'm Suzanne Harris, and my listeners get the secret story behind every book. Joining me today is Kim Brack, and she's here to talk about her wonderful traditional children's book, Traditional Short Stories for Children. Kim, welcome to the Books on Air podcast. It's such a pleasure to have you.
1: Uh, thank you. It's a good opportunity to speak to you.
0: You know, one of the things that I've observed, I know that you're a teacher and I'm a former teacher, and when I started doing these interviews, I started thinking about the books that the authors write, and I realized that books always have not one story, but two stories. There's the story that the author writes and that the the reader reads. But then there's always the story behind how the book came to be. I'm always curious about how books come into being. What made you decide to write the book, Traditional Short Stories for Children, now?
1: Uh, I uh, retired from teaching. And I've always been very interested in teaching and the, encouraging children to read. And I've always enjoyed traditional books when well, we had them in the classroom and I could encourage the children with those. And I just thought I, I'd uh, take the chance uh, of writing traditional stories and
0: how well it was accepted. I love the idea. Your book has stories about witches and wizards and elves and giants and fairies and fantasy beings. And these are the kinds of things that I listened to when I was a child, and I always thought they were so important. And I agree with you. I think that when you create that fantasy world for kids, it's so important for them because it gives them a place to go sometimes that they need. And I think especially in our society right now, there's so much going on and there's so much negativity that it would seem to me that being able to escape into a wonderful story about witches or wizards or giants or fairies would be terrific for not only the child but also for someone who might read that book to the child. What do you think?
1: Uh, yes, I absolutely agree with you. Uh, fantasy in today's world is very important. And although the technology is important as well. Uh, as you say, children need an opportunity to escape, just like adults do. So when I I choose a book to read, a lot of it is about the escapism. And uh, television that I watch is about the escapism. There's enough reality in the world that we all need to escape sometimes.
0: I think exactly the way you do. I like to watch things that I know when the, quote, good guy is going to win. Because <laughs> so often, yeah. yeah, it's so often in our society today, the good guy doesn't always win. And I like to escape into a world where that happens.
1: Yes. Yes. I, I, say, I like, uh, well, the old tree is virtue triumphant. I yeah. tend to, I like, I like. To be immersed in that storyline.
0: How did you how do you write your stories? Do you outline them? Do you sit down and just um sit down at a computer, sit down with a pad and paper, and just start to write and you see the story in your head. What's your writing process like?
1: Well, I should tend to just a few notes down on paper first and then I got uh, the computer and I just worked my way through it. I think so. I think with uh, uh, stories I just did them one by one thought about the character and sort of what, of what kind of adventure they could have.
0: Oh good. I like that. How many stories are there in the book, Kim?
1: Oh, well, there's
0: uh,
1: quite 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 a few. Uh, there's the lost elf, the witch and the cloak, foolish frog, the giants and the wind. Oh, I love it. <laughs> and there's the uh, the Witch and the Cloak, and The Missing the Spell book. Quite, quite a range of stories, different characters, different adventures.
0: What age group do you see the stories being used with?
1: Uh, well, I would say for a, read them to uh, sort of three, four-year-olds. There's lots of illustrations to be talked about. And uh, probably also maybe five, six, seven, they might be able to read them themselves or with help. You know,
0: I think that children's book authors are very special people because not only must you come up with an idea for a story, but it has to be an idea that will appeal to a child. And when you write the story, you have to do exactly what you just said. There have there has to be wonderful illustrations to go along with the story so the child has those visual images and the story has to unfold in a way that keeps the child interested. And usually there's some kind of point to the story. There's something about uh, society inside the story—that's sort of a hidden point, but it makes a point for a child. And I think that children's book authors are amazing to be able to do that. So you have my admiration, Kim.
1: Oh, thank you.
0: Now, there's a part of the the book that you'd like to share with our listeners. Is that right? Uh, yes. Okay. Would you do that now?
1: Aye. I- and I'm going to, to read part of The Witch and the Cloak. The of the witch casting a spell, and it was going wrong as usual. Instead of making the sunshine, it caused a wind. Many houses in the village, everyone was very angry. And they almost banished Rizalda, but they decided if she did not try any more spells, she's in the village. Rizalda was very worried. How was she going to make a living if she did not uh, cast spells? Went home and thought and thought. Trying to work out a way to put magic right. But she could not. Well, she said to her cat, if I can't work as a witch, I will just have to work at something else. The trouble is, I only know how to be a witch, but I'll try anyway. Days went by, and regardless, then could not find a job she could do, tried working for Mr. Jones, the baker, but as soon as she went to the shop, all the bread and cookies were stale and the oven blew up, not bake any more. Tried working for Mr. Hawks, butcher, but as soon as she went into the shop, dogs from the village came and stole all his meat. And uh, Zelda tries all the jobs. And in the end, she sorts everything out. Good. Right? Good for
0: good Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like she had things pretty tough there for a while. <laughs>
1: oh, yes. It's a big problem. But she, as I said, she sorted it out.
0: I love it. I think that you have done a really, really wonderful thing with this traditional stories book. Uh, I know that our audience may be saying to themselves, where can we find the book? So let me tell them. You can find the book on Amazon. Now let me give you the title and let me spell Kim's name for you. All you have to do is in the the search feature at the top of the page on, on Amazon's homepage, Put in traditional short stories for children by Kim K-I-M Brack, B-R-A-C-K. If you click on that, it'll take you right to the page. And on the front cover, Kim, I'm curious about the front cover, you chose to put Freddie, I believe, on the front cover of the book. The Foolish Frog, Freddy, is right there. Look at the cover of the book. There's Freddy. And if you look in the upper right-hand corner, it says, Open Here. If you click on those two words, the book will open. There's also, right underneath the book, an audio sample of The Foolish Frog, Freddy. You can buy that book right there on that page. And it comes in several different ways, Kindle, audiobook, hardcover, and paperback. Now, sometimes, Kim, I know that our audience prefer not to buy from the biggest bookseller in the world, which is Amazon. They would like to buy the book from somewhere else. Is it available in other places?
1: Uh, Yes, indeed. From the publishers, Ex Libris. Uh, from Barnes & Noble, the bookstore. They also uh, have a website. And from Waterstone. again, the bookstore, which has its own website. So you have plenty of opportunity to find them.
0: Excellent. Now, I think every author is very passionate about their work and I know as a former primary and nursery school teacher you have thought of your kids and you have thought of all the children the young children that will be reading this book and if a parent decides to buy a book I always think this is such a wonderful opportunity for a bonding experience for a parent and a child if they buy the book and they use it as a bedtime story let's say or they sit down at a certain time in the afternoon with the child and read it. Or a sibling also could read the book with the child. Or a grandparent. I always think those are wonderful opportunities for bonding. Or if the child is old enough and they can read the stories themselves. In any case, whenever the person who's reading the book with the child or the child themselves read through the different stories, they come to the last one, they're on the last page, they finish that last page, the wonderful fantasy world, and they close that back cover for the very last time. What would you like that reader to take away from your book, Traditional Short Stories for Children?
1: Well, I'd like them to have enjoyed it, of course, and like like the stories. I hope they feel inclined to do more reading Uh, and I hope if parents or grandparents or siblings are reading them, I hope they're encouraged to uh, read more themselves, to help the children with their reading so that everyone benefits. So we're not always stuck with technology however
0: agreed that is. You know, I think that's a really good point that you make. I think some people have thought to themselves, reading's not important with all of our new technology and all of our communication devices and all of the texting kinds of things that people do. But reading is the core of so much... I'm a former English teacher, so I am going to obviously agree with everything that you just said, because I think reading is a basis for so many things, and I think firing the imagination, not only of the young kids, but of the parent or the guardian or the, the sibling or the grandparent that's reading with the child, you can't help but be fired by the same imagination because you're le- reading those words and it's so much fun to fall back into that wonderful pretend world where everything is going to work out. So I want to thank you for writing this book. I think it's a terrific book. I love what you've done. I love the stories. And thank you also for being my guest today on Books on Air. It's been a pleasure to talk with you.
1: Uh, Thank you. I'd just like to say that when I began teaching, the headmistress of the school, one of her sayings was, if the children don't learn to read, if they don't master reading, what point is uh, is there, or what counts is there of them um, learning o- other things? Uh, the science, uh, the history, and, o- and all that. Thing. Reading has to be the starting point.
0: It's the core of everything, isn't it?
1: It is indeed.
0: Remember, you can find traditional short stories for children by Kim Brack on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Ex Libris. You've been listening to the Books on Air podcast brought to you on webtalkradio.net. You can also hear this podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. I'm Suzanne Harris, and I hope that you'll join me for our next Books on Air podcast, because remember, you never know who's going to be here, and you never know what we're going to talk about. Thank you so very much for listening.